What is going on, everybody? It's your host, Jonathan. We're back here with episode three of The Pickup with my lovely co-hosts, Jack, Dan, and Ben. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the moments from the first week of the NBA bubble, surprises and disappointments in terms of teams and players, and then what we think will be the final two playoff spots in that tight Western Conference race. To start, we're going to go into some moments. Um, the first one that, that I'll talk about um, is that Devin Booker game winner. Um, so, you know, in this podcast in episode two, I had two of my co-hosts actually say that they would cut this man. And, it wasn't me. And it wasn't Ben, so now we know who the other two are. And I just want to say they could not be wrong. They, they, just, they just couldn't be. The man has been ridiculous since entering in the bubble. Um, everything that basically I preached on from episode two, saying the mid-range game is butter. I think that's a direct quote for me. Um, he's just been absolutely amazing. And the Suns have been actually very fun to watch. Something I want to harp back on from, from that second episode is just saying, you know, if Aiton didn't get suspended, they would have had a fun team this year. I, I, I didn't think they'd be a playoff team, but – they would have had a fun team this year. And let me tell you, they look good. I mean, Aiton looks good with Book. That's a dynamic duo that they have out there. If Aiton keeps developing and doesn't do any PEDs again, um, they should be a fun team. Rubio's playing well. Um, and, and to remind everyone, they don't have Kelly Oubre right now, actually, uh, which is another big piece in this in, for their team. So it's been an absolutely incredible run. The Suns are one of my surprises. And that Booker moment, Hitting it over Kawhi and PG, um, you know, that's no slight on Kawhi and PG. I mean, it was an absolutely incredible shot. Um, Laker fans, I think we've all been tracking Booker since he said, you know, since Kobe said to him, be legendary. So for me, I've been watching this kid since a rookie, and I knew the potential then. I mean, if Kobe's going to say that to someone, that means he's special. Um, and to see it all come to kind of fruition in these last four games, they're 4-0, no one expected this. Um, they're fighting for the ninth seed. Uh, who knows if they'll get it? There's, you know, there's dominoes that needs to fall, but it's just been so fun to watch a young team go in with absolutely no fear um, and just play really well. And that moment um, just over Kawhi and PG kind of just defines who Book is. He's never been afraid of the big moment. He came in, he wanted to be a scorer. His defense is now getting to that level and they're starting to build a team around him that we hope you know, can compete in the next couple of years. Um, so that is definitely, you know, just, just my, my moment from the first week in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, and there's also been, I mean, I'm pretty sure we saw articles out there that was saying, you know, why is Phoenix even being invited here? Yeah. And they're showing why. They're taking advantage of this opportunity. They put in some work. Cam Johnson is taking advantage of Kelly Oubre not being in the lineup, and he's making that pick look a whole lot better than what everyone thought on draft night. I mean, yeah. His own former teammate at North Carolina. Pretty sure he said, wow, I lost count how many times when he did get drafted. <laughs> but that team's fun to watch now. And that, that gamer over PG and Kawhi couldn't sum up that restart any better for him. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, let's, let's, let's go into, into another moment here. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about uh, my favorite team, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Damian Lillard, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's pretty good at basketball. But yesterday against the Denver Nuggets on August 6th, he dropped 45 points 
had 12 assists and tied his career high of 11 three-pointers, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. I don't need to say that. Um, dude is just a bona fide star. And um, the crazy stat is that he had 10 three-pointers, more than 10 three-pointers and more than 10 assists. And the only other player to ever do that is James Harden who's also pretty good at basketball. So that's that was a really fun game to watch yesterday, to watch him go off. And, um, you know, it's always great to see my favorite player ball out on my favorite team. Um, and, yeah, I believe he is second in the bubble in three-pointers with 21 behind his teammate, Gary Trent Jr., who we'll talk more about later. But, yeah, that was my big moment for me that I love to watch yesterday. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's a absolute bonafide superstar. Um, it's always fun when Dame goes off. Um, and I know, yeah, sitting here in Lakers Nation, um, I'm not looking forward to playing him in seven, but we'll get geared up. We'll get geared up and ready to go. Wait, what what do you tell his teammates on his birthday? Don't don't waste my effing time out here. Yes, that, 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 that was basically it. correctly. And he is not wasting his time. They are taking advantage. Mm-hmm of this moment fully healthy now finally and this team is hooping they almost came back and beat boston after being down by like 20 otherwise they'd be undefeated yep like they're showing why they were in the western conference finals last year dame's got them looking like an actual western conference like contender like the team that like ben just said it had was in that final four last year and now that they're actually all healthy the layoff actually benefited them to get their guys back, and now they actually look like a top team in the West again. So it's going to be wild if they end up in that eight spot, and we're going to have a really, really good Trailblazers team in number eight. Yep, we will, we will, we will wait and see. We'll wait and see. Halfway through the playing games, basically, on um, playoff start. Um, you know, I think next next week and next ten days or so. Um, let's let's keep talking about about some moments from the week. So I'll go. I got what well, big one here. It's. Uh, Brooklyn Nets beating Milwaukee Bucks 119 to 116 a couple days ago. And before that game, they only had a 6% chance to win. They were 20 point underdogs. I think it's the biggest point cover spread in recent memory for the NBA. And I know Milton and Giannis, I don't think either of them played the second half. But still, you look at a team like Milwaukee, who's been the best team in the NBA all season, granted, right there with the Lakers, but record wise, they've, they've had the lead. And so it's just like, and you have a team with Brooklyn missing Joe Harris, Karis LeVert was out, and they got a bunch of other guys out of that game, and they just had people step up. They had no business winning that game, but Milwaukee didn't look like they wanted to win even when their two best players were out. So Brooklyn winning that game was phenomenal. So that was a big moment for me, especially with uh, Kyrie not going to the bubble. You know, people are kind of wondering the same thing people are wondering with Phoenix. It's like, okay, why is Brooklyn even here? But, Dan, I just want to I want to ask one thing too. You said they didn't play the set. They they played the first half, but not the second half. Yeah, yeah. Middleton, you honest? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the box score here. I see the Nets outscoring them in both first half quarters when they played, and actually being sure. outscored in both the quarters they didn't. So it seems like Milwaukee was not really taking their opponent seriously that night. Yeah, yeah, and I totally agree with you because based off those stats alone, you can see that Giannis and maybe Milton were just not mentally checked in or the team wasn't wasn't 
ready for that game. Maybe they just thought they were going to come in and get an easy win in the bubble, but they didn't show up when they needed to. And it just harks back on on kind of all these like bottom kind of bottom teams. They're just scrappy right now, man. They're just they're just fighting. Like you see you see these these teams come out every night, no fear. What what do they got to lose? They're 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 in a bubble, you know, protected from COVID. It's like you know they got nothing else to lose. They're here, like like you know, kind of like Dame said. Why, why? I'm sure that's what what Booker. I'm sure that's what Nets players are saying as well. Why are we Why would we waste our time in the bubble? Let's just go out. Let's just play hard. See what we can. Well, do. I mean, with this Nets team, like we are all talking about that roster overhaul, but this is an opportunity for so many guys that might have not even been full time players in the league. Like Jamal Crawford just got re signed. Like finally, like that dude should have been in the league because yep. just of his accolades. How can you not bring that man back into the league just off your bench somewhere? But this is his opportunity to showcase himself again because he will be in the – I think he'll be in the playoffs. So even if it's four games only, he gets to be put on the national stage again, which is what he's been wanting to do all season. And this is an opportunity for whether it be G League players or two-way players to showcase their skills too and yep. tell this team to keep them when Kyrie and Durant are there healthy next year. It's definitely going to be interesting in Brooklyn next year. I mean, with Kyrie and KD coming back. Um, yeah, somehow they just – yeah, they just, they're just always there somehow the last couple of years, the Nets. They just lurk around and then they play hard and then all of a sudden they ended up with Kyrie and KD. <laughs> um, moving on, I think we got time for, for one more moment. Um, I mean, how can we not – talk about TJ Warren. I mean, that first game, well, we were all just happy to have basketball back. And then yeah. what did we witness there? 53 points on, let me look at the numbers here real quick. Nine of 12 from three-point range, 20 of 29, 69% from the field. This man was incredible against the Sixers, who we all picked, like, I'm not – not us personally, but we have experts everywhere talking about after the signing of Al Horford, bringing in Josh Richardson, you have Simmons and Bede already there, Harris re-signed. You have people talking about this team as, how are you going to score on them? Who's going to do this? And we have TJ Warren here, who I would pull up his stats right now, but he wasn't averaging, I don't think he was averaging 20 a game, and you have him drop 53 on you, and he looks like a totally different player right now. I think we'll get into his numbers later, but this man was incredible in that game. And to do it against that team, and their num- their defensive numbers have not been great, especially in the fourth quarter during the bubble. But just all the size, like the people that he had to do that against, that is so impressive. Like this man, and he, he's taking it personal because he was traded for cash considerations to Indiana. And he said, I'm worth more than cash considerations. TJ Warren, yes, you are. This this is something else. Like, that was one of the first moments of the bubble, and we got so many more that have, like, made this back-to-basketball life so awesome again. But let's not forget it just because it came early because that was incredible. Ben, I, I think totally it's... agree with you. Like, TJ Warren was my big surprise. At, like, his stats for the bubble are just insane. He's 33.8 points per game. Seven rebounds, 2.8 assists. He's shooting 58.7% from the field, almost 60%. Like, there was a point in his third game where he had hit all his shots in the first half, and I was like, is this guy going to miss? So it's just – it's phenomenal. And like you said, it's just – he's worth more than cash. 
And it looks like Indiana is about to turn another kind of just player that no one wanted or the other team didn't really want and turn them into another star like they did with Old Depot, like they did with Sabonis. TJ Warren looks like he can actually be a really good player. Granted, this is a phenomenal hot streak, but if he can come back maybe next year, average 20 for him or put together like a, like this is a really, really big moment for him. And he's taking full advantage of the opportunity in Indiana. I think it's a big t- deal too when you consider that there was a lot of talk about whether Oladipo was even going to show up to Orlando. I mean, at first it was, no, I'm not going to play because of the lingering injuries. And then he was like, no, I'm actually going to show up. And everyone was expecting the comeback of Oladipo. And then this guy, TJ Warren, who most people just know from Jimmy Butler taunting during the regular season, all of a sudden he looks like a man possessed, like Michael Jordan or playoff LeBron. Like, what is that? Like, Something totally unexpected that, um, you know, it's been a real treat, though, just seeing some of these players that we weren't expecting anything from to just show out. And, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We're probably never going to have a scenario like this again. I mean, at least I hope not. Um, But, you know, it's a unique setting, and a lot of players are taking advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people – uh, sorry, John. No, no, go, go ahead. But I think a lot of people had Indiana kind of before the bubble re- actually officially restarted dropping down in that sixth seed because of the unsureness of Oladipo. And TJ Warren is making sure they do not drop to that sixth <laughs> seed. They're not making it easy on Philly. And to get that win over them in the first game and doing it the way he did, that was a statement. Like, they don't want to drop to that sixth seed. They want that 4-5 matchup. and maybe even the four, like they're, they're pretty close behind Miami. So it's impressive. It's fun to watch. That team is built with just a lot of hard workers. It looks like Oladipo, Brogdon, Warren, Sabonis, Turner, like that's a fun team. Like maybe not appreciated on the national spotlight, but that's a fun team. They got an underrated starting five in in Indiana, Mm -hmm. to to be honest. I mean, I like Turner a lot. Um, You know, he's just, modern stretch big and then and then Sabonis I mean yeah I think that was maybe the surprise of the, the year almost <laughs> um and, and then obviously it's like what Dan said it's yeah. exactly like what Dan said just undervalued players and Indiana yeah. seeing it and seeing how their player development can grow these guys yeah and give them an opportunity to shine couldn't agree more Moving on to our next segment, we're going to talk about the biggest surprises um, from the first week in the bubble um, in terms of teams and players. So I'm going to start. I'm going to talk about the San Antonio Spurs as the biggest surprise of the team. Um, what can we say? They just they just don't seem to want to die. Um, you know, Greg Popovich, arguably, you know, greatest coach of all time, if you want to say that. He's definitely, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, and I don't think anyone was expecting much when um, LaMarcus went out with the injury. I mean, when I heard that, I was like, okay, so they're going to go down and get eight games of cardio and then head back home to San Antonio. Instead, as we've talked about, as the theme has been, I mean, these bottom teams, they got nothing to lose. They have absolutely nothing to lose. They're coming out, they're playing hard, and no one's going to do that better than a Popovich-led team. Um, you know, to, 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 to kind of touch on some of the individuals on that team, um, you know, the first one that comes to mind is DeRozan, who I think is, is really a forgotten superstar, star in this league, um, star to superstar. Um, you know, when that trade happened, 
it's like everyone, Kawhi got all the news, rightfully so. DeRozan's a multi-time all-star too. DeRozan's been there. DeRozan's been in the playoffs. He's, he, 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 he's a stellar offensive player. He's got good enough defense. And I think he's just gotten a bit forgotten, which unfortunately, you know, happens to some of the stars in San Antonio. I mean, Tim Duncan, the arguably, you know, the greatest power forward of all time, you kind of have to put that in your brain to really bring him up because he kind of just went there, won five rings, and then said, okay, I'm retiring now. It's been a good run. Um, so, yeah, definitely the Spurs, uh, you know, came out of nowhere. And they just, yeah, Popovich refuses to let them let them quit. And I think he's going to be coached until he quits, <laughs> you know, until, until he's, you know, until he, until he passes away. So, so that is my big, big surprise. Johnny, I totally agree with you. DeRozan especially, just because I think, like you said, he's just been kind of forgotten. Like, this dude is a star, like established star, like you said. And so I think he's showing some more versatility in San Antonio, too. Like, they have him lining up at the power forward. Like, it might be due to injuries, but this dude's going to be a free agent again soon. So this might be a good audition for him, too, to show to other teams if he doesn't want to stay in San Antonio. Hey, I'm versatile. Like, I can play the three or I can play the four. Like, I can go out there and still do my thing and fit in with maybe some other guards that are already listed in the lineup at like that are maybe better shooters from the outside, but he can still contribute in other ways. And so it's just like phenomenal to see him keep going, like you said, gaining some more recognition now that the bubble is actually happening. People are back in basketball, so they're recognizing him. And then San Antonio, yeah, it's like you can never count him out. <laughs> never. So let's talk about some more surprises. Yeah, I mean, this man cannot not be included in surprises. And but it's, it's not going to jog your memory, but, you know, he went to this school. But Gary Trent Jr., second-year man out of Duke, and he is finding a role in that Blazers offense. Rodney Hood went out with the Achilles earlier, and he was already taking advantage of that opportunity before the shutdown. But 20 points per game in the bubble, 63% from three. 63%. He leads the bubble in made threes. Gary Trent Jr. All the players, all the stars that are there, and Gary Trent Jr. in this three-point shooting day is leading the bubble in threes. I love the pick when they traded for him from Sacramento. I remember talking about it with Dan and just being like, you know, I don't know how it works. CJ and Dame are guards. They just drafted Anthony and Gary Trent Jr. But I was like, this man should not have fallen in the second round. I was harping for them when they were struggling a little bit last year. I was like, get this man in the game. But he has waited for his time to shine, and he has taken full advantage of it. He may not be starting for them, but he is closing for them. He hit two massive threes the other night against the Nuggets to go along with, what, seven he had, I think, or something like that. It's so fun to watch. Like, Dame has so much support around him that we have been asking for them to give him. And it's coming off of guys that a lot of people don't know or gave up on, like Carmelo and Gary Trent Jr. I'm, I'm actually going to jump in here really quick. Um, it's been absolutely incredible. He looks great. But, but, but for me, what the most important thing is from this development is that the Blazers might have a legitimate trade piece that can go get them a third star if they wanted to. Like he's young, he's talent. Clearly, he's talented. Clearly, can shoot that ball. Um, and and if they were able to now package him, ZC, Zach Collins, sorry, Zach Collins, um, maybe some picks, and actually go shop for a third piece, um, whether it be a small forward, whether it be a power forward, you know, 
whatever they decide to do, I think that's actually the most important development here for the Blazers out of all this um, because they finally have that young piece where a team could be like, ooh, wait, wait a minute. Wait, I want that. I, I need that. Here's, 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 a, here's a Bradley Beal. Here's a Ben Simmons available for you. Meet, meet our offer as long as he's in it. So I think it's huge. And yeah, he's certified sniper from the bubble. Let me tell you that. <laughs> certified sniper. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure just watching Gary Trent Jr. Because I'll be honest, um, I'm not a Duke fan, so I didn't know much about him when we picked him back in 2018. When I saw those picks, I was just like, oh, great. Neil's picking two more undersized guards. Like, that was my first impression. Like, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, but, you know, it's just been awesome watching him step up this year with all the guys getting hurt. Um, that's been, That was one of the highlights for me before – pandemic and the season even got canceled just seeing Gary Trent step up I was like man look at this guy like just embrace the role and I saw him quoted I think after the game yesterday is like this is all I work for like this is a culmination of all my hard work and you know you just love to see that because when you watch this guy play I mean he's a dog like he wants it like you see he's always calling for the ball on offense. Like, even when Dame has the ball, like, he – you know how many – how much guts you got to have to call for the ball from Damian Lillard? Like, and on the defensive end, like, he's always stepping up to guard the best players and, like, steal the ball. He's right in the middle of things all the time. I mean, Lamar Hurd, one of the Blazers announcers, is always talking about that. And that's something I've definitely noticed watching games. So, I mean – I know it's easy for me to gush about him because I'm a Blazers fan, but it's truly just been awesome to see him step up. And I think you guys are definitely on to something. Like, it hurt my heart to see him in another team's uniform. But you know what? If if it got us to the promised land, got us to the third star we needed, you know, I'm all for that ultimately. So I'm now going to talk about a player that might even be a bigger surprise than Gary Trent. Well, maybe not a bigger surprise, but definitely showing the potential of where they draft him for. And um, that's Michael Porter Jr. Um, this kid is good at basketball. He is good at basketball. And the Nuggets have something special over there. Um, 26 points per game in the bubble, 10 rebounds, 10 rebounds. Okay. He looks massive on the court. I, and I know I can't be the only one that thinks that. I mean, he, he looks like, I mean, I think he's listed at like 6'10", 11 that's yeah. like a Kevin Durant type. Like he looks like he's about seven foot. He's muscularly strong. He can shoot the ball. And it's really, um, you know, it's really kind of crazy what they have going on in Denver because, you know, I, I, we've talked about it individually. Um, you know, I don't think any of us see Jamal as a second option ever in his career. But he could be a third. And if MPJ can be the second, and Jokic is obviously the first. I mean, that guy's amazing. They have a scary team over there, and MPJ has just been an absolute standout. Um, you know, shoot the ball well, drive the ball, not afraid. Um, and to see him fully healthy is actually really great as well, and to see a young kid healthy and, and get his shot. And to see Mike Malone drawing up plays for him, like getting him isolation, like you're seeing not just confidence in his game when he's out there, but now he knows he has the confidence of his coach. So Denver's going to be a scary team because Jamal's sitting out these games right now. But and Millsap sat out the other night as well. I mean, they had endless amount of guys sit out the other night. But that aside, like if he continues this when playoffs actually start, 
because Jokic is fine being to the distributor. Like, he's proven that in his career, but he's not going to take any less attention away just because of that. So to have these two scorers around him, that team is going to be scary. I don't know if they'll do it all this year or make that next leap, but look out next season, that's for sure. I got to agree with you guys, especially just because Michael Porter Jr. is just showing everyone why he was pretty much the consensus number one pick in his draft class. Like all season, before his injuries hit at Missouri, people were talking about how transcendent this guy was in high school. Like there was a lot of hype around him, and he fell all the way to 14. I still don't think he should have fallen that far, even with the injury concerns. Like you're seeing it now. He's immensely talented. In his draft class, I mean, you have bona fide stars already in Luca and Trey. But Michael Porter is showing you that, hey, if I was given this opportunity earlier, if I was healthy all the way, maybe I would have been fighting for a number one number one pick. Maybe I would have been proving you guys I'm already a star. And just like you guys already said, having that other star take away pressure off Jokic too, especially if takes away defensive attention off him, opens up shots for him. And then he loves to pass. So finding Porter Jr., finding Murray, once Harris gets Gary Harris gets back on the court, like you can find him and Millstap, it's just gonna make that team so much more dangerous. So he has definitely been a lot of fun to watch. I think Johnny said it best uh, when he was just talking about his build. I mean, compared him to Kevin Durant, and that's the impression I got. I mean, 6'10", muscular, and watching the Blazer game yesterday, he the degree of difficulty of some of the shots he was hitting, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is like Kevin Durant. Like, he was hitting shots over our guys. Like, I don't know how you're, you possibly contest that or block it, like, and, he, you know, he's doing all – he's hitting those shots from the outside. He was muscling his way inside, getting quick buckets. He was pulling up on the break from the elbow, draining shots. I mean, what can't that guy do? And, you know, Ben's right. Like, Mike Malone calling plays for him at this stage of his career, I mean, that just shows you what he's capable of. So it's going to be exciting to watch this guy going forward on this Nuggets team. So for our next segment, we're going to now talk about biggest disappointments from the NBA bubble. Um, for this, you know, we were kind of going over notes and things like that. And we didn't actually see a player that standed out. There are several teams um, that standed out for us. And I'm going to start first, and I'm going to talk about my own team, my favorite team. They give me life, they give me joy, and then they also make me want to pull my hair out sometimes. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. As you can see, I'm, I'm repping them tonight. Um, so disappointment and worry are two different things. I need to make that perfectly clear to everyone listening, but I am very disappointed in this team right now. Um, basically what we've done is gone to the bubble and given every hater that thought that we wouldn't be the number one seed that thought that we couldn't beat the Clippers that thought we would be a six seed, basically full ammunition heading into the playoffs because um, I don't know what happened, but we can't shoot. We can't shoot the ball. I, I, like I, I've never seen this actually before watching a team. We cannot shoot the ball. 23% in five games from three. 23 Jay, <laughs> Yeah, go Jay, ahead. I'm pretty sure – I just heard a stat earlier today. Uh, I'm pretty sure Gary Trent Jr. and Damian Lillard have combined to hit more threes than the yeah. Lakers. Yes, yes. In, in these first few games, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely unbelievable that, yeah, we've yeah. just shown up, forgotten how to shoot. I mean, we made 37 threes total in five games 
Danny Green, I mean, you know, champion, winner. I, man, just put the ball in the bucket. Maybe get yourself a layup. Do something. You got you to see something going. Um, but like I said, in this, in this I want to make the distinction because, you know, I, I am a huge fan. There is a difference between disappointment and worry. Am I worried? Not yet. Not yet. And I'll say the two issues that do could turn into worries. One is our, is our half-court offense. I've talked about that individually to you guys. Um, when a team slows us down, we look like nothing better than a G League team. That's harsh, but it's, it's true. Um, the Raptors, when they slowed us down, it was like, like AD couldn't do anything. LeBron was doing his normal, you know, somewhat passive, I'm going to take it, I'm going to assess, and da, 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 which is fine. I mean, that's who he is. Uh, you know, you got to understand how far I've come to say in the bubble, essentially our best player has been Kyle Kuzma. You got you to understand how far we are for me to sit here and be like, the most consistent player we've had in this bubble is Kyle Kuzma. And the same thing happened against OKC in that game. They slowed us down. They made us play half court. And the problem is, is in the half court, everyone gangs around AD. And the biggest issue is, and I love this guy, please stay. But my man, figure out how to pass out of a double team, buddy. You're seven foot. It can't be you know, look over and I mean, one person open, right? AD, like, <laughs> just look over the double team. So that was my quick little rant about the, about the LA Lakers because, no, am I disappointed? Absolutely. Am I worried? No, not yet. Do I think Portland or whoever gets that eight seed could possibly, you know, give us a run? If it's Portland, I think they're going to give us a run for their money, for our money. But am I worried yet? No. But if this continues, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if we shoot 23% in any playoff series, we're getting swept. It's as simple as that. I mean, you can't win a series shooting 23% from three. So we're gonna have to figure that out. Um, the, the half court. Okay. Okay. We can, we can learn, but, but that, that, yeah, that is my quick little rant on my disappointment of the Los Angeles Lakers. Johnny, <laughs> I'm going to try to ease your word a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Lakers have been disappointing. Granted, it's tough because LeBron is one of the only playmakers, like true playmakers on that team. AD is a phenomenal scorer. He's gotten to be a better passer. Granted, out of the double team, yes, I can see some of the struggle there. But LeBron's the only guy that actually facilitates offense. So when they get in the half court, it's kind of on him to generate for other people. That's why they're so well in transition because they have guys that can either run to the corner in Danny Green. I know he's not hit right now. but And then also you have guys that are good in transition making cuts like Caruso. And then AD obviously lives in transition, especially with LeBron. So it's like they obviously have a little bit of work to do in that half court. But granted, I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. LeBron has been here before. You're 17. Like, I feel like it's every single season for him to where his teams kind of struggle a little bit right before playoffs start. And everyone's writing him off. Oh, LeBron's washed. His team's done. It happened in 2018. His last year in Cleveland. He was carrying a bunch of, like, just – he had no one with him. He had Kevin Love, and then who else was on that roster? Carried them all the way to the finals when people are saying, oh, he's going to lose in the first round. Yes, Indiana gave him a run for their money, pushed him to seven, but he still got the job done. And so I'm not too worried about it. I think the Lakers, yes, have a little bumps right now, but they clinched the number one seed. They have technically home court what we can call in the bubble, <laughs> but 
I think they're going to be fine come playoff time. Yes, I think the Blazers are definitely the biggest challenge for them if that is the matchup at a 1-8. But I think LeBron and AD are just so talented in a seven-game series. They're going to figure it out. Yes, the role players have to step up, but Danny Green is also a proven winner, proven championship contributor. So I also feel like this is just a slump for him. And honestly, better for this team to slump now than when the playoffs actually start. Yeah, and just just to yeah, just to just to conclude really quick, I think I think I think something that you and I have fallen short on giving them a little time is like, you know, we do have a lot of new players. And actually when I watch the games, um, I can tell Frank has no idea who his rotation is actually going. He's like, okay. Caruso and Kuzma are the six, seven. And then basically everyone after that, it's like, we're going to try Dwight. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to throw J.R. Smith out there. We're going to throw Dion out there. And, and, and actually something you said on, man, I, 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 you guys have too many read receipts of me texting you guys about how bad Rondo is over the year, but not having Rondo and Avery is going to come and bite us for a game or two throughout the playoffs. Um, and it's going to come in the form of a loss. Um, Rondo is that type that is just going to be able to relax the offense for a little bit. And Avery, I mean, I can already tell we're missing him on the perimeter with the defense. I, I can already tell. Because um, I think as, as, much as, as much as he's a great defense player, he's also our, our, one of our leaders on defense as well. You know, that's a guy who would rather go get a steal or a block than hit a three. And, that's, and, that, and every championship team needs that. So, you know, miss you, Avery. Hope you're doing well, brother. Um, and, and, uh, we, you know, hopefully, hopefully we win, we win number 17, please. Hopefully we win number 17. I mean, I'm hearing things about Rondo being in the bubble. So, you know, who knows? Like, Hey, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. We'll wait and see on those Lakers. Yeah. For me, my biggest disappointment though, was definitely the Pelicans. Like this was the favorite kind of the, the sexy pick to make that eight spot. Right. They're like, okay, Zion's going to get some rest. They're going to get ready. Brandon Ingram was on an all-star level. He's ready. They have a great all-star already in Drew Holiday. Like, that team looks ready. And with a fully healthy roster, like, we all thought they were going to come out, give Memphis, give Portland, give those teams that are fighting for that last spot a run for their money too. And so it's just, like, crazy to me that Zion only played, like, 15 minutes in those first two games. He didn't have any, like – injury issue they were saying it was just because of his practice so it's like he didn't get enough minutes in practice or he didn't run enough five on five sets and so they just want to be careful with him and I get New Orleans perspective on being careful with a talent like Zion because he is like the most hyped rookie since LeBron you have a guy that pretty much is gonna carry your franchise be the face of your franchise possibly the face of the NBA who knows for a little bit just because he has that brand already so I get being careful with him, but your team is also there to try to make the playoffs. You're not in the playoffs right now. So even if Zion is on a minutes restriction, save some minutes for the end of the game because you're making him frustrated. He's sitting on the bench and he wants to play. Obviously, like, yeah, he's maybe not thinking about his long-term health or future right at that moment just because he wants to play basketball. But if you're going to do that to a kid, also, one of your best players, Ingram and Zion, they're going to impact the game in the most ways. So if you're going to do that to him, save some minutes for the end of the game. And it's like you saw in that first time where they took the restriction off, they actually won. The second game, they lost, but that's a one-and-one one split. But they kind of threw away those first two games by not giving themselves a chance, by not playing them. So they're one-and-three. So it's just – it's really disappointing. 
because I thought they were going to be a fun team to watch too in this bubble. I thought like Memphis, Portland, um, and New Orleans were going to be the ones battling. Granted, we already talked about something like San Antonio and Phoenix are the ones really threatened up there with Portland for that last spot. But man, the Pelicans have been really disappointing. It's interesting to see some of these teams that we're expecting to show up um, kind of fall short in some areas. And some of these teams with nothing to lose, like we said, just absolutely be there. And, you know, my disappointment is actually Memphis because I know a typical Blazer fan bashing Memphis, a team that's seated in front of us. But, um, you know, I truly am kind of disappointed watching these guys, at least the first game even we played was um, against Memphis and they kind of fell apart that game, at least at the end there. I mean, it did go to overtime. They're a very scrappy team by all means. And they still had Jaron Jackson Jr., which was just a terrible loss. I mean, he was balling out in the bubble. It just, you hate to see it, but um, you know, watching that first game, even I think what we saw was that this is a team that isn't ready for the stage yet. They got a lot of young guys and, you know, they proved they could be up there in the playoff race this year. I mean, John Morant's basically earned rookie of the year and Memphis had that eight spot for most of the year. I mean, you can say what you want about the Blazers being hurt and stuff, but Memphis was there regardless. And it's disappointing to see them start their first four games 0-4. Granted, today they did have a very impressive win against the Thunder, which I was very surprised to see. Um, So, I mean, who knows? Maybe they can turn it around, but ideally you don't want to be 1-4 with Portland one game behind you and looking absolutely scorching hot, along with the Suns being 4-0 and the Spurs around your tail too. I mean, it's just not what you want to see, so we'll see what happens, but um, you know, it's grit and grind. So maybe they'll figure it out. I got to say too, because Memphis, they had the sweetest setup before the pandemic hit. Like they had enough games on everyone where we were nearing the end of the season where they were going to get that eight spot. If, if everything was normal, obviously we're not in a normal situation, but that's just the luck of the draw from Memphis for this pandemic to hit shorten their run to where they would have sealed that eight seed. And then, like you said, Jack, it's just they couldn't have started this bubble any worse, like losing their one and four, I think you said. And then it's just losing Jaron Jackson Jr. to injury too, like a key contributor for them. Just it's It's been a rough, rough go in the bubble for Memphis. So it'll be interesting to see how that race heats up. Yeah, just I do just want to say on one, one Memphis bright spot is I know he's everyone's least favorite dookie, but Grayson Allen is – like top two with Gary Train Jr., I think, in three-point percentage for the bubble. So that guy is providing a huge spark for them. And losing Jackson Jr., they need all the help they can get on offense to create relief pressure off the jaw. So that's like a good thing that they have going for them. So if they do get into that plane and stay in one of that eight, nine spots, they might have to rely on him more than they thought they would. But it's nice to have like at least something that that team can look at going forward because with Jackson Jr. out, I don't know how much more the front office is looking at this bubble as what they may have thought it could have been. But for the following season, this is some good kind of notes to take and say, hey, this guy can contribute for our team. Let's give him more minutes next year. If you can shoot the three ball, you have a role in today's NBA, and he's proven he can do that in the bubble. 
no i'll say i'll say i think in terms of like the sympathy meter you know like it's all the way up from memphis like like they, they should be the ac and it sucks it sucks for, if i was a grizzlies fan i'd be pulling my hair out because they should be um and unfortunately we had you know a global pandemic and then the nba decided to go this way um and then losing jjj um it's just tough and i actually really like watching the grizz um and yeah, like Jack said, I mean, grit and grind, right? That's their staple. Um, and they got this really young, exciting rookie man, Ja Morant. Um, he's big time. Um, and, and like you said, then, too, it's definitely interesting seeing Grayson getting minutes. Um, you know, it, it's kind of cool. It's, it's cool, man. This is what the bubble's for, right? Earn your spot. Earn your spot on a roster. Um, I think the Grizzlies, you know, yeah, maybe they look to make some moves. Maybe they look to shake things up this offseason. Um, but, yeah, you know, let's not forget, they are still the eighth seed right now. And all they really – have to do is probably win one or two more and they'll keep the eight seed and then remember you know it's only one game they need to win against the Blazers Mm -hmm. one game do or die get the game seven type of thing so we'll see and then to touch on the Pelicans Dan I think I think that's the opposite end of the spectrum it's like the least sympathy in the in the bubble right (laughs) they had the cake they had the cakewalk of the schedule I mean okay these are NBA teams but they had the cakewalk of the schedule um you know zion shows up you know not looking as in shape as as he should um and and the thing is the problem was they were actually rolling before the pandemic you know happened you know zoe was looking really good zoe was looking like a number two pick ingram was playing out of his mind the whole year and then zion but i think i think the pelicans have an interesting offseason ahead of them that's why i really wanted to touch on i think they know their core it's zoe zion and and ingram who knows what happens with Holiday? Who knows what happens with Favors? Um, and I truly think they might look to to shop quietly, maybe um, one one or the other. Favors is a good enough big that he'll do some he'll do some damage as a backup big on on some team. And then True could definitely go get you what you need, which is probably a certified starting center to go with those those three other guys. Um, so I think the Pels are, are definitely have an interesting offseason ahead, and I do think unfortunately they're probably out of possibly out of this of this race as of now um ben i think i think you had you had one team too that you yeah just just one more team i just i got some real sympathy for this team because the utah jazz were balling all season and people are harping on them now they're saying what are they doing like this team looks nothing like they are well that's because Bojan Bogdan, or Bojan bogdanovich is not there. This man was averaging 20 points a game. He had buzzer beaters over Milwaukee and Houston. Like, he was he was exactly what Donnie needed. Exactly what he needed. Mike Conley was not what they traded for, but, you know, off the bench, maybe he could have been that with this team fully healthy. Like, he could have just provided that spark plug going against those second units. But to lose that man... It just looks like the same team we've been seeing and the same team where we're like, man, Donnie needs more help. This team is just too easy to stop because it's just him on offense. And it's so disappointing because they're looking like the team that everyone wants to play, especially if Portland gets in the playoffs, like outside of the Mavericks, because they're not really stopping anyone on defense, but they got star power on offense. But the Jazz, man, are looking like the team everyone's trying to line up to play here in these seeding games because it's just so disappointing because I think they're – I thought they could have been like in the second round pretty easily if that team was fully healthy. They had a top defense. They had two really good scores, maybe not like 
what we think of as far as like top NBA scores, but these guys were hooping with Quinn Snyder system. And so to not have Bojan there, it's really disappointing to not see this team at its full potential. Yeah, I think the I think the Jazz have an interesting offseason ahead of them too. Um yeah, Mike, I don't know, Mike, what happened to him. Um that's actually sad too, man. I love I love Mike. Um he's just a good he's just a good dude, good baller. Um but yeah, something's happened to him. And then obviously, I mean, let's let's not try to talk about it too much, but you know, Rudy and Donnie, right? I mean, okay, they look fine on the court, but Kobe and Shaq looked fine on court and they won three championships and then they hated each other when they were, you know, when they were playing during that time. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they actually, you know, if actually something is, is irrepar- you know, you know, not non-repairable there um, for, for what happened. Um, and, and if one of them is available, then every, you know, then it's a crazy summer we have, we have ahead. Um, so with that being said, to summarize, our, our four teams that disappointed us so far are the Los Angeles Lakers, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Utah Jazz. For our last segment on episode three, we're going to talk about that tight, tight Western Conference race for those last two playoff spots. And when we say last two, we mean the eight and nine. So not actually the last two, but for the play in. Um, so my prediction, I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction. It looks like I'm getting known for that on, on this show. Um, I'm going to go Blazers eight and then the Suns nine. Um, so, so the Blazers are coming. Blazers, Blazers are arrived. We've talked about that through, through this show. Um, they're a healthy team. When they're healthy, they're top, you know, who, who knows in a full season, but I'm going to go top five, no doubt, top five, um, possibly top three. You never know, but they're here. They arrived. Nurkic, Kelsey, um, Dame is superstar. CJ's playing well, and obviously we touched on Gary Trent. And then I'm going to go nine with the Suns. Um, so, so in this bubble, there's a little bit of. I hope we have some NCAA fans out there. There's a little bit of this like March Madness vibe going on in the bubble. Um, there's just there's just something happening, right? Um, where where you know one of these teams could make a run. And actually, I think one of the execs. Um, Apologies, I don't know the exact one, but but one of them did say this this could be a time where a team just makes one of those runs and surprises people. Um, I remember now it was the Orlando Magic, Magic executive, and then he said at, at the end of his quote, he said, "I hope it's us." You know, <laughs> I hope it's us. But um, yeah, so I have the Suns nine just because of the way they're playing. They're hot. That they 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 they're playing hard. Booker, as we touched on, I mean, he's he's getting in superstar level now. Um, Aiton's healthy, Rubio's doing well. Um, and I just think, yeah, there's that March Madness vibe where it's like, man, where they got to lose? They're on a run. Um, Memphis is hurt, unfortunately. Um, San Antonio, I think, is just one step too far back. Um, so, yeah, I'm going eight Blazers, nine Phoenix Suns. I think, Johnny, honestly, I'm going to be honest here, just saying bold prediction might not be that bold anymore. Not after these first four games. Like, Phoenix might be a pick for a lot of people to go in that nine spot. So, um, yeah, if you would have said that at the beginning of this bubble, I would have said that is a bold prediction. <laughs> but for me, I think I think the Blazers are going to or sorry, going to claim that eight spot just with the way they're playing. Even though they do have a tough schedule, especially these last couple, I know they're playing the Clippers here soon. So it's just, but this team is healthy and like we touched on, I think they're ready for these big games. Dame is a big game player. CJ is a big game player. Nurk is 
been playing like he hasn't lost a step either since injury. So I just think they're going to be ready. And I think they're going to claim that eight spot. I think they, they really want it. So they're all playing big game minutes too, Dan. I think Dan and CJ are averaging around 40 plus a night. So yeah, so they definitely that, want it. That's definitely true. So they're Portland's gone in for that eight spot. I think they're going to get it. And then um, especially since you don't know how some of these teams are already positioned are going to be playing their guys. So um, Memphis, I think, is going to still sit in that nine spot just because like we talked about or like you talked about earlier, Johnny, they only might need to win a couple more games here and then they're, they're safe. So uh, I just think maybe Phoenix just doesn't have enough to jump them if Memphis does win a game or two more. They really need Memphis to struggle at the end again. Um, so I think Memphis slips that ninth spot and then they they have to play the Blazers. But I think the Blazers will get the eighth spot so they have a little bit more comfortable advantage only having to win one more um, to get into the playoffs officially. Yeah, I'm going to have to echo Dan here. I think that I'm going to go with the Blazers and Grizzlies as well, with the Blazers in the eighth seed and the Grizzlies in the ninth. I think it just comes down to the fact that after the Grizzlies won today, that proved to me – I know I just talked about how they're a big disappointment, but that win is very big and proving, you know, they can hang in there. And they they only need to win, like, not many more games to, you know, stay right in that play-in. So, and the Blazers, we've talked a lot about how scorching hot they are right now. I do think that we surge ahead, win some of these big games, and take the ace seat. But I do think that Memphis isn't going to fall far enough um, to the point where they're out of the play in. And that I'm basing that mainly on the impressive win they had against OKC today. I do think that they can hang on and stay in the ninth seed for that play in. Now, Johnny, I want to stick with you on this Booker train that we had. I, I mean, I wasn't, you know, full like driving the force like you were during our Starco bench, but I was with you to keep that man. Um, but I just, man, I've, if they play 10 games, maybe. But the fact that, like, the Grizzlies, they won today, like Jack just said, they only have three games left. They have a two-and-a-half game lead on Phoenix, I think a two-game lead on San Antonio. Yes, their next three games are against Toronto, Milwaukee, and Boston, I'm pretty sure. I don't know in what specific order. But after tonight, with the Toronto-Boston game, those top three seeds could be pretty much locked up. and so. Milwaukee, we already talked about them resting Giannis and Middleton in the second half against the Nets. I don't know. I could see it going both ways where a coach would want to get as much run out of their guys, especially with all this time off. But I think they might take some rest when they have the opportunity. And unfortunately, that helps Memphis out quite a bit. And Phoenix is the story of these first four games and we'll see what they do with this fifth game coming up that they have. But I think they would have to finish eight. No, and just put all the pressure on Memphis possible for that to actually happen. And unfortunately, I think, I think I'm going to have to agree with Dan and Jack as much as I would like to put Phoenix there in that ninth spot, but I'll keep poor. I'll put Portland at eight. It's just there. They have now become the sexy pick there. I think it's definitely the team that everyone wants to see play the Lakers in the first round because we might actually get one of the best eight seeds we've ever seen. And that could be one of the most entertaining first-round playoffs too. So we'll see. Um, 
I'm hoping I'm wrong. I hope Phoenix gets in, but I'll go with I'll go with Portland and Memphis for this. So, so kind of to end this segment, since since you guys all went Portland Memphis here, would any of you guys pick the upset of Memphis over Portland? Do you think any do you, any of you think Memphis could get two games over over Portland? And, I, and I'll say this just to just to you know set it set it kind of. I mean, JJJ has has missed some time for injuries before during this year too not this extensive obviously <laughs> i mean he's out but you know they have actually won without him and you know like like we talked about just grit and grind baby that's that's grit and grind over there they got a scrappy team so i'm curious to see from you three if any of you guys would pick man maybe me you know miracle bubble um you know beat, beat the blazers two two games to one if they if they are the the nine now Personally, I'm under the impression if they can stay the eight, I would take them in one game because it's one game, do or die. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Dame goes cold, game over. Gary Trent doesn't look like the guy we've been, we've been boosting the past, the past 45 minutes, game over type of thing. Um, so I would actually I, – I would, I would pick, the, pick the upset. That I, I mean, that would be like an upset even though they would be the eight, right? So I'm curious to see what you guys think. I just don't see it happening, mainly because the Blazers have looked so good. And, you know, obviously it's my Blazer bias coming in here. But this is the first time we've seen them healthy all year, and they're firing on all cylinders. We're very close to being 4-0 that close game against the Celtics. Um, And, you know, we've had guys just show out. I mean, Dan was scorching hot, Gary Trent Jr., and we haven't talked about it much this segment, but the return of Nurkic has been absolutely huge. He looks the best he's ever been. And he, he it's been a joy to watch. Been, he could have easily been a surprise for us. Easily. easily. Yeah, he's been a joy to watch as a Blazer fan. You know, we've been waiting for this for over a year now. So, you know, it's I'm going to take my team just because I'm a Blazer fan. I know what we can do. You know, Memphis is a scrappy team. It wouldn't be easy by any means. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with Jack. I mean, I think it would definitely be some entertaining games. Maybe maybe it goes two if Portland if Portland's in that eight. But I think, you know, if they're fighting this hard to make up Portland's fighting this hard to make up this gap, they get into that actual play-in, like then they actually see the playoffs right there in front of them. I think I think they close the deal there. I, I think Dame steps up. They don't really have – like, Jaws, pretty dang good defender for a rookie, but they don't have anyone to stop Dame. So, I don't know. It's hard not to pick the team with the best player, and that's Portland. I think for me, too, like – sorry, it's all sounding the same here, but I think Portland <laughs> – I think Portland is the pick. Like Ben just said, they're, they're playing so hard to get into the playoffs, and I don't think if they make the play-in – that those guys won't show up. Like Dame showed you in the playoffs last year, he's going to show up on the big stage. He showed that in years past too. It's just now he's getting more recognition because, you know, Wade. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just – then you also have another big game guy – big name guy or big game guy, sorry, that we haven't talked about much, and that's CJ. Like he showed that in the Denver series last year too. So I just think that Portland just has too many – too much talent there at the top, especially with Memphis losing JJJ. Um, I think Memphis has a better shot if they are that eight spot and Portland's nine. But 
if we're going based off our predictions where Portland's eight, Memphis is nine, I do think Portland steals a deal, makes it in playoff. Those guys want it, and we already touched on that. I just think I have too many big game guys to actually not show up in that moment. To, to kind of just conclude this segment, I think, I think as four basketball lovers, I think, I think what, what we all can agree on, no matter what, is, man, I wish, I wish the same thing was going on in the Eastern Conference right now. I wish so badly, man. This is so fun to watch. As four basketball lovers, as, as guys who watch the NBA from, from the, from, you know, since we were growing up as kids, uh, man, it would be so fun to watch if the Wizards were competitive and had Brad and John Wall. It would be so fun to watch if the Hornets weren't terrible. Um, it'd be, you know, it, it'd just be fun to watch, man. And, and I do like this. It's, it's, it's going to be, I'll say this with, with this bubble situation, it's going to be interesting if they think about reorganizing how things work in the NBA from here on out. Uh, with that being said, to conclude, um, I believe the Blazers, it will be the Blazers Suns and my other three hosts believe that it will be the Blazers Grizzlies. And that is a wrap on episode three. Thank you for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you did, please check out our Instagram. Please check out our Twitter. And please give us a listen on our podcast. All the links will be provided below. Until next time, we are signing off. This is The Pickup.